Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here, and I'm so excited because two of our podcasters are on the show, Aaron Huey and Maya Rain, who do the podcast Beyond Risk and Back. And you can find out more information by going to beyondriskandback.com. Today we're going to talk about this Gillette ad that just came out that talks about toxic masculinity. There's so many differing opinions and I wanted to hear a father's opinion and a daughter's opinion, which is Aaron and Maya and also, you know, the male and female perspective. So Aaron and Maya, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you so much. Well, Aaron, you know, you posted something fantastic and then you've posted (laughs) follow-up things that I love on your Facebook. I love them. So, you know, what are your thoughts and what kind of reactions have you gotten from your liking what Gillette did? I use Facebook so much as my own personal, you know, how, how, if you want to know who you are as a personality, check to see who you're friends with, you know, and, and they've always said that, or, you know, uh, the, the five people you're closest to reflects, you know, who you actually are. I've heard that said years and years, and I extend that into Facebook. So I very intentionally unfriend people with a difference of opinion of me. And, and it's, it's, it's not judgmental. If there's, if there's people that I love talking to or have been lifelong friends and we have different political beliefs, that's one thing, but I use anything like the Gillette commercial. If someone had come back and said, boo, this is an attack on men. I'd unfriend them because I want to be on Facebook with people that I want to be on Facebook with. And I unfriended a lot of people. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And were there more men than women or was it equal? Not one woman. Oh man, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> not not one woman did I unfriend. Every single woman came on was saying thank you. Uh, had maybe had been a past student of mine, you know, an adult student, uh, where I talk very much about uh, a balance, equality honoring, nurturing relationships, masculine and feminine energies, neutral energies, gender fluid energies. Um, 
but man, so many men, so many men came back and I left one of them up on the feed to just, to just let people go after them. And I'm happy and proud <laughs> to say that as many of my male friends responded to this guy saying, you're an asshole. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, my mom sounded off and, uh, and, and a, a bunch of women sounded off, but it was mostly my guy friends. And I'm very, very proud of that result that these are mm -hmm. guys I've known since high school, kids of old friends of mine, of uh, very close friends of mine. Uh, so I was, I was really happy with the results, but I tend to clean my Facebook uh, page every so often just with people, yeah. just because of people's opinions. I, I just deleted 50 people off mine because I don't, I didn't know who the hell they were. <laughs> the hell up do I have them on my Facebook page? I don't even know who the heck they are. So Maya, what did you think, you know, when you saw the ad and you know, what, what, and give, you know, you don't have to say your age, but give a range. So our listeners know, I mean, Aaron and sure. I are the same age, so we're like close to 50, but. So I'm in my early 20s. I'm a millennial. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, you know, my first introduction to this ad was seeing all of my dad's posts about it. And then I watched it. Um, I was, I did not feel as strongly. I was actually surprised. It was an amazing commercial. I think the message was really awesome. And looking at it also from a marketing perspective, I'm a marketing student. The first thing I thought was, wow, they're going to make millions. <laughs> you know, this, this, <laughs> yes. I think it's really important that we don't forget that they yep. would not have run this commercial had they not tested the concept and been able to project numbers saying people will buy your stuff after this. So yeah. not to take away, you know, but I think and, and, and I know that that was a lot of the reasons people were really mad. I heard a lot of, well, what does this have to do with razors? What is, you know, what, oh, why do they have to take a political stance? And it's called purpose branding. I think Gillette <laughs> saw and knows that especially now people and consumers respond really, really well to purpose branding. In fact, people are 40% more likely to support a brand if they feel like they're supporting a cause. And in the political climate, this is a really important cause. So I just wanted to say that. I think I think that's a really huge point of contention here. Um, and I was just, before we were talking, I was reading through a lot of some of the negative, more negative comments people have been saying about it. And I found this one that I thought was really kind of abrasive and interesting, but also has kind of, um, I don't know, speaks for the general negativity that's been coming through about this ad. Um, someone posted this on Twitter. It says, the Gillette commercial is the product of mainstream radicalized feminism and <laughs> emblematic of cultural Marxism. Stop perverting masculinity. Let little boys wrestle. Despite what Lena Dunham tells you, women are not into beta males and men are not into chicks with armpit hair. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Good God. Oh, <laughs> I found this I found this really hilarious because I it was, you know, nitpicking really specific parts of the commercial, like when the dad goes and breaks up the two boys fighting and says, this isn't how we deal with our problems. And, you know, I think I think the negative things people are finding about it that people are threatened by is is this idea of radical feminism. You know, I don't know if there was one girl in that entire commercial and right. you know, there, and it was about, it was about men supporting other men. And so it's interesting to me that they're using this word threatened, you know, that this is threatening masculinity. Right. And I watched the commercial a couple times and I'm looking for one moment when they said, um, you know, don't be strong, don't be independent. I mean, all of it was about what do we teach our sons? What do we teach our kids? How do we empower them to be good people? Right. And 
So I'm, I'm just really, the part that confuses me is where, where are they threatening you? Like what, what, where is yeah. it? <laughs> so I, I just thought it was really interesting. And, you know, like I said, from the marketing standpoint, I think it's, I mean, people aren't wrong. You know, this is, it is a commercial. They wouldn't have run it if they didn't want to make money. And yep. I think as a woman that's really interested in seeing men step up to the plate when it comes to respecting women and respecting each other, I think I, you know, I support the cause. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm pro Gillette after this commercial. Um, and they are also, as a company, guilty of selling women's razors more expensive than men's. Uh-huh. They have run sexist ads. They, you know, so they're not. I don't. I don't think that this gets to totally make them the perfect brand. But <laughs> taking baby yeah. steps. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Baby steps. I know. I saw a. Um. I saw an ad. Of course, you know they have to throw out every ad that Gillette has ever done. And one sure. of them was a woman with a J-Lo, Kim Kardashian booty with Gillette across the back of her sweatpants. And I'm like, sure. yeah, you know, and when was yeah. that ad done? I don't know. But uh, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, one of the reasons why people sponsor my show, organizations sponsor my show is, yes, you know, we have great listenership, but they believe in what we're doing doing and that's yep. where they want to sponsor my show so you know that purposeful what did you call it purpose branding? Purpose, purpose branding yep okay I love that and Aaron I just have to say how often do you just sit in awe of your daughter and how freaking amazing she I mean seriously <laughs> Well, I have to say, um, whoever that mailman was, I'm gonna have to shake his hand because how how that how that brilliance and that mind came from this wow. one, I don't know. I I, I do. <laughs> no, I you know there's there's a there's a couple of things to, to dovetail on a, on a point Maya's made. P and G is a massive corporation. They also yeah. own Dove. And yep. uh, Dove, yep. Dove has put out some really empowering um, products that are wanting to uh, celebrate all women's bodies. They caught a lot yes. of heat. Including they got a lot of women. Yeah, and like then they caught a lot of fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> they got heat. They got praise. They got criticism. There's uh, accusations that as a as a company, P and G tests on animals. Still, mm. the Maya's one hundred percent right. This was a brilliant marketing move. And when you take the fact, and this was a study that was done a while back, and Tony Robbins had talked about this extensively. People on the street, 200 people on the street were stopped and given a taste of coffee. 100 of them were given hot. The other 100 were given cold. Two hours later, these 200 people were asked to read three paragraphs describing a character in a story. And then they were supposed to write down what they thought the character of that story's personality was like. 81% of the people who drank hot coffee said this person had a warm personality. 82% of the people who drank the cold coffee said that they had a cold personality. This is how our psyche can get primed by a moment of something enjoyable. And so if we're going to say purpose branding is one thing, but the responsibility of manufacturers to send a message that says, you know what, there's this whole thing about, well, they should let the boys wrestle. Look, I've been a martial arts instructor for 30 years. 
I teach martial arts to my kids in treatment. Parts of my daughter's rites of passage were me putting two of my big students inside model mugging suits and having them take her to the ground and making her fight back. I throw, I throw axes with children. I run a <laughs> camp for kids called Warrior Camp and Warrior Goddess Camp. This is not about not letting boys be boys. This right. is telling men to stop being assholes to women, stop looking at bullying and violent behavior towards each other as a form of conflict resolution and call it mm. boys will be boys because that is not true. And as a martial arts instructor, as someone who is a high rank martial arts, who has an international martial arts team, I am very, very able to say conflict resolution is not a, a form of violence. Conflict is right. still relationship. Violence is a whole nother game. So that's some of the points I want to make that people have really, men have really missed the boat on some on this commercial about this attack on masculinity. Look, there is no attack on masculinity unless you're a minority male. Then you can talk about having your masculinity attack. But if you are a white man, your masculinity has not been under attack in this country since this country began. So if you're feeling it now, <laughs> that's just the evolutionary train leaving the, the station yeah. well, and you're standing on the, the platform. The rest of us have yes. all felt forever. Hello. Exactly. God, I know. It's like cry the loudest and you've had it. The, you've had nothing like we've had to deal with. I, I've seen such a great response to the to the men complaining where, and I wrote it up on my Facebook page too, where it's like, oh, well, it looks like Gillette isn't made for sensitive skin. <laughs> so I, I wanted to I wanted to make a point here too um, that and you brought up a little earlier, Dad. It started making me kind of think of the idea of feminism kind of in consumerism, which I think this ad is a really great, uh, you know just kind of, it shows us how we respond to feminism, especially as consumers. Um, and I personally, and I meant to say this earlier, I don't think that this ad was targeted towards men. I think that this ad was targeted towards women. Um, mm. And I think that that's why men are having such a strong reaction to it. Gillette is kind of known as a men's brand, though yes, they do make some, some women's products. Um, as you said, the same company that owns Gillette owns Dove, and I have some pretty strong feelings about Dove and um, and the company that owns them because the same company that runs all of these really amazing um, body inclusive ads that Dove does uh, also makes skin bleaching cream and sells it to Indian yeah. women and African women. So again, not completely innocent, um, but it made me think uh, recently for my consumer behavior class, I wrote a paper on how feminism has impacted consumer behavior and how the history of feminism has impacted the consumer behavior of women specifically. And much to my surprise, and I spent about an entire semester, so about five months researching this topic, um, it didn't impact our consumer behavior. It did impact our values and what we believe in but women specifically are buying the same things we've always purchased we're spending our money in the same ways and now especially you know as times change and women become more in control more independent um, especially since kind of the sexual revolution we we spend our money on all the same stuff we did in the 50s and i think that this hmm. ad is kind of a great like i said i think it kind of brings to light again that that the purpose branding feminism and advertising and they are speaking to the female consumers That's i think one thing that uh the guy that was leaving that 
negative comment before said, you know, despite what Lana Dunham tells you, women are not into beta males and men are not into chicks with armpit hair. Um, <laughs> I think that's a pretty funny comment because that entire commercial was filled with what women are looking for in men. Yes. <laughs> Good dads, in, you know, standing up for women. They were all great looking. I mean, that ad was not for men. <laughs> like you said, you know, you, there was a previous Gillette commercial with a woman with Gillette written across her butt. That um, one was for, for men. men. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, you know, okay. I'll say this and then I promise I'll stop with the accolades, but I'm sitting here listening to you, Maya, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing hosting a podcast? This woman is unfreaking believable. Anyway, oh moving on from that to other things. <laughs> What struck me, because I always come, you know, from this business perspective, because I've been an entrepreneur since I was 27. So, and all the ups and downs that that <laughs> comes with. Um, and what I thought about was Walmart making this big announcement about how they were going to, uh, how they're having mental health counseling centers open in some of the Walmart stores. That, that was a hmm. big story for 2018. And Walmart didn't need to make that announcement. They knew what the hell they were doing um, sure. because they don't announce that they have haircut salons in their stores or nail right. salons in their stores. But this is, you know, a whole other, it's not Walmart counseling. It's a whole other entity that's just renting space. But Walmart knew to oh, let's play this because mental health is such a big deal and Walmart is having some issues financially, as we all know. So what's interesting to me from the business perspective of these kinds of things is that when big companies, regardless of how shitty they may be in other areas, but when they make big public statements about things like masculinity, femininity, mental health, whatever, to me, that shows me a cultural shift, that there is a cultural shift mm -hmm. happening, bad or good, that is underneath this. Because like you said, Maya, they study how this is going to affect the company. They do test groups. They do all these things. Mm -hmm. And you're right. If Gillette thought that their stock was going to go into the crapper because of doing that ad, they sure as hell wouldn't have done it. Just like, was it Nike that did the um, Kaepernick? Yep. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, they, yes, they wouldn't have seen this how much I know about sports. Don't even care. <laughs> but anyway, this is how much they knew that that ad would boost Nike and negativity would come with that as well. So I kind of try to look at it out, get out of the nitty gritty of what does this mean and da, 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 and get into like the bigger consciousness perspective of, oh, our consciousness is changing a bit because right. look who's pay attention, paying attention to different kinds of things. So Maya, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, you can definitely see a lot about how consumers are starting to spend their money and what they care about based on what mm -hmm. the bigger companies are doing. And like you said, they spent, I mean, Gillette has probably had this, this, this entire project in production for over a year with all like starting yeah. from scratch with the very basic idea, the amount of testing they do, the amount of subjects they pay to see the commercial, um, finding actors that would be interested. In, I mean, millions of dollars went into this and they wouldn't have done that. Like you said, if, if they, didn't see results from that. So yeah, I agree. I think that looking at how 
I mean, our consumer behavior is reflected in how companies are advertising, That's which right. can sometimes be inspiring like this. And sometimes it can be really disappointing. Sometimes it's really <laughs> um, sad. <laughs> sometimes it's really sad. And, you know, kind of going back to my point, I think um, I think that we're still in the in the point of this kind of shift where this is still women making the changes which is why I think this ad was geared towards women. I, and I think once men are responding positively to ads like this, not to say that none were, but um, you know, then, then we can start to see the shift there. You know, the, the, the way that we advertise and Dove is a great example of that. The way we advertise to women is so different than it is to men. It is oh. very inclusive. Um, it's very body positive, sexuality positive it is pretty much the same for men. It's still pretty sexist. It's still pretty yeah. one-sided, uh, kind of the same type of dude is shown to men all the time. And I do believe men are victims of advertising and, and Absolutely. body negative negativity, and it really hasn't shifted for them. And I think that kind of brings us to like, uh, Another conversation with this ad is, oh, men are too sensitive for this ad, which I think is a really interesting kind of conundrum for men with this <laughs> women's movement, because we're saying women, men need to be more sensitive to understand. But then when they react to this, we're saying they're being too sensitive. Yeah. So I think that's something just to bring up that it's like, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think it's our responsibility to tell them how they should and shouldn't feel. Right. Um, and at some point, some men need to step forward and say, here's what's going on. You know, here's the problem. Um, here's why men think this is how we solve problems, how to talk to women. Here's why we treat women this way. And, and, you know, and dad, this kind of goes back to what we've been saying from the very beginning. It starts with education. You know, what, what are we yes. teaching our kids? How are boys, young boys growing up? What do they see? How are they taught to interact? Because this is still really new, you know, this women's movement, it's been going on for a while, but in the grand scheme of the history of this world right. and of this country, this is fresh. And I think we're still in, figuring it out. In the grand scheme of how men have been treating women, this is brand new. And I, yeah. I think I yeah. think when we talk about, you know, is is the culture changing? When you when you said that, Kristen, I started, I did a couple things while we were talking. First of all, I'm I'm trying to get to the, the Gillette stocks. I want to see what happened to Gillette stocks during. Oh, they went up. I found it. Okay. So, <laughs> so Maya, I pulled up, I pull up, I pulled up Gillette's demographics. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and their, their primary demographic is Hispanic and uh, over 125 K um, and uh, has kids, you know, they, they have a very interesting demographic, but as I'm looking at this demographic chart, I'm also remembering and and as we talk about you know how the culture has changed and how art especially commercials and commercials are an art form not only are they they do they have oh, yeah. math behind them because they're testing and as maya said this commercial wasn't made in a week like oh i got an idea let's do that was a well done well thought out imagine what they left on the cutting floor Changed where they were like often. No. Yeah. yeah yeah and but the big thing for me is that when we talk about how the culture is changing, this ad played at the Super Bowl. I know. And that has been predominantly male-dominated and probably is still male. But it, Maya's right. Do men buy their own razors or are women <laughs> buying them for them, throwing them in the cart? Right. Because when this – it's funny because – the first day that I put that up, my wife said, I'm going to the store. Do you need anything? I was like, I want a brand new pack of Gillette. And she <laughs> bought them. And 
And so how often I do as much of our grocery shopping. Yeah, she didn't she buy you so man I'm, tampons. She bought you a Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and thank you for saying that, Maya. That's very interesting. And, and I get torn between, um, you know, men are being told they're too sensitive. Um, yeah. When in the past we've been told we're not sensitive enough. And so if there is a confusion for men, it's it's us trying to find the middle ground. But that's not women's responsibility to teach us. And that's the part of this that keeps getting me mad. If men are going to continue to point outwards that women are attacking men, that women are saying we need to be this and then we need to be this, that women don't understand that we were not taught and we still need to learn uh it's going to continue if we keep thinking in any way, shape, or form that the condition that we're in, the space we're in, is somehow women's fault. Yeah. This is something that we have created as men. We have pushed women this hard and this far to finally backlash and say, you know what? I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to take control over my body's reproductive rights. I'm going to own, have a bank account without right. having to have a husband co-sign for me. I'm going to start businesses. I'm going to hire and fire, and I'm going to decide my relationship status and whether or not a man is necessary. We can say women have been going through a change. Men created that change by how they've been treating women. And so if men really mm -hmm. want power, and I'm not talking about force because men have been using force in relationship with women, uh, religiously, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, since the dawn of time. Right. And we still we still have to look at that and, and see that, okay, maybe it's not just what we were taught. Maybe it's literally bred into our DNA, but it's changing. And it's because of men. It's changing because of what men have done. And if men feel a certain way, then men need to go deal with their feelings. If men feel that they, it, and I hear this when I teach these, this men and this, this relationship course that I do all over the world, when men say, well, you know, I, I just don't know how to talk to a woman. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells around them. Like if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to get sued or fired. Well, welcome to how women have felt around men. thousand years now. <laughs> so this, this one's on men. And if they don't like the change, then men have to find the happy middle place for themselves. For me, uh, owning a gun, throwing axes, uh, doing things that still allow me to feel like I have force and power is, mm -hmm. is something. And, and taking vacations with my my guy friends and hanging out with my guy friends and being a Freemason. These are things that I do to maintain my sense of masculinity in my relationship my wife and I swap the masculine feminine energy back and forth. I'm a good partner. I'm a responsible partner. Partner Cleaning the house is my responsibility. Doing the laundry is my responsibility. And we both run a business. And this is an agreement we made from a healthy emotional place. Right. So this so is on men to stand in this. <laughs> Say that again. What? I said, so basically you're just being a genuinely good person. <laughs> I'm trying to be a decent human being. And apparently that's an attack on masculinity. Hey, when when the dad pulls those two kids apart, they're not wrestling, they're fighting. Yeah. And he says exactly. because the dad the dad says we don't solve problems like this. And he's right. We yes, don't solve absolutely. problems like this. Okay, that's I have a I have a I have a far final question is this. 
I want to start with you, Aaron, and then you, Maya. I know we have limited time for a question as big as this, so we may have to let it spill into another show. But so, Aaron, something that it totally intrigues me is there's so much like, um, oh, the last hurrah of hanging on to white male superiority. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so still there. And I wonder when the hell is it gonna stop? Like, when is it gonna be finally like, okay, okay, we let's start from the ground up and let's have this be different because it seems to me like all this stuff where feminism is bad and all the, you know, they upset about this commercial and whatever it is like mostly white men that are so upset and so threatened by it. And I'm, and it's like Custer's last stand here. What do you think it's going to take for them to finally just let go and let's be different? I think that the last and loudest gasp of the scoundrels uh, will finally be silent. Only will they, if will they die, and that's what happens because the younger generation. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it'll die. I think it'll just fall silent, and then it will mm-hmm. die. But it really is going to depend on whether the Gen X generation, who are the parents of the millennials, yeah, did their natural evolutionary process from the baby boomers because our children are our evolutionary step yeah. and everything that that my daughter and my son and and everything that they present is the evolutionary step of the best and worst things that I did as their father right. and so it's if Gen X did our work Kristen, if you and I, if we did our work properly and we're the ones who raised our parents saying, it doesn't matter if he's gay, he's in love and love matters. Love is the only thing that matters and we're going to celebrate him. And I don't know why my parents didn't understand it. And maybe I don't understand it either, but they're a good, this is a good woman and I'm not going to label them as something. I'm going to celebrate their relationship and I'm going to root for them and I'm going to worship next to them. And I'm going to stop using small things to define the big thing because Mm -hmm. love and power, those are big things, but force and labels like gay and Republican and blah. (laughs) Our, our work was to show our kids that, we can be friends with our neighbors regardless of our neighbor's value system unless it was a deep violation of our value system and then well then you do an adult thing you have conversations you you say well maybe we won't hang out with them because it tends to turn into something uncomfortable but i really do i and i've always said this to maya i've said this to to uh, my son i've said it to all the kids in camp the Gen Xers are not the rainbow warriors, the ones who will save the trees and save the animals and save uh, uh, the, the, the humans and bring the rainbow back, that promise of, of divinity. It's, it's the millennials. They, they, they're on to something. And Gen X needs to watch and learn. Yes. So Maya, you're, you know, you have the, the last word on this one. I want to add to this one thing to this, though. For me, as something that Aaron said, um, 
and I have a 29 year old, so he's considered a millennial as well. For me, the big thing with him, and I, I just want to know your opinion on this, is that I, as his parent of an adult, I continue to evolve as a human being. That is as important to him as my child who is an adult than anything else. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that and then on the other. Yeah, I think I think that's something that um, has been changing with Gen X and now millennials as millennials start to become parents is that evolving and, and allowing your opinions and your beliefs to change as the world changes is so important because we have so many people that are in control right now that are so stuck. That's kind of a baby boomer. And some Gen X thing is like, I believe what I believe because I believe it. And that's the thing, you know, I'm a Republic. I'm, I'm loyal to the Republicans because I'm a Republican and it doesn't matter as long as they're, you know, I'm loyal to the Democrats because, you know, it's like that loyalty thing. Like it's okay to break away from that and start to question your beliefs. And I think that that is something that as a millennial, as I see as a millennial, and then also with younger generations, even with the, with the iPhone generation and um, these new kids come, you know, kind of coming into their maturity is they're really able to take information and decide how they feel about it instead of just taking the information because it was the first thing they heard. So I think as a parent, that's really important. As things change, you can learn things from your kids. You know, your kids are current. They're yes. they are in the pop culture. They're, they are out there experiencing what's happening and, and some through their phones, but that, that is our reality. We get that's a lot from our, phones and from our technology. Sure. The there's bad and and there's bad freaking there's bad and blaming that, but the reality yeah. is, is that millennials and and the I generation is more connected to the world than Gen X and baby boomers. We can yeah. access information so much faster, quicker. Yeah. We question much more, um, and I think that's going to be a part of the revolution. As far as the other question of when is it going to end, I think <laughs> people need to both men and women really need to get get down into the nitty gritty and identify what the actual problem is because threatening masculinity is not an issue. I saw this video of a girl, um, I think it was in Germany or Russia, maybe going around on subways and pouring bleach on men's laps who were sitting with their legs open because they were man spreading. That is not feminism. No, that is not the problem. We are not angry because men sit with their knees open we're pissed because they still get paid more than us in every single uh, job except for prostitution and modeling. That is still true. So we need to really understand and get back to what is feminism about. Actually, just today, a couple hours ago, I was listening to a podcast. Um, it's an NPR podcast, and they were talking about how the women's actually the actually move the women's movement, excuse me, is divided. Um, because each year on the uh, anniversary of Trump's inauguration, there's a women's march. And this year there's going to be two because the women who are running it um, had a racial fallout. And oh, I read they, about that. Yep. Yeah. So there is now there is a movement that is anyway, it brought up the question, what is are, are we marching for? Are we marching for women's rights? Are we marching for women in Palestine? Are we marching for black women's right? Black Lives Matter? Are we marching for abortion? And it and it brought up this well what do we what are we marching for and then women within that movement started being like well I believe in some of the stuff and not the other and now there's two movements and it's divided 
And I was just so sad to hear that. It's like, we, this isn't what it's about. You know, it's not about (laughs) what you, what race you or what, you know, religion you agree with or what choices you agree with. It's about coming together as both men and women and saying equality is important. (laughs) We don't have to, we don't have to have this division in our society where women are working just as hard and don't get paid enough. And men are, you know, told to really man up, but aren't really sure what that means and aren't being taught how to respect women and are expected to. And women are told to speak up, but not too loud. And it's like, you know, I think I think it's going to start changing when we can really identify step one. And this is such a new movement, as we said before, that I do believe it's going to take a while. And I, I almost have to disagree with my dad that I don't think it's going to ha- I think it's going to start with the millennials. Um, but I really think it's up to the kids of the millennials. Like, I think this has really got to trickle down because I also see this huge, you know, wave of the opposite raising where people are raising their kids and not putting a gender on them right to begin with. Or people are like, it's so, so far liberal where it's like almost dangerous. And I think it's going to need to kind of, it's going to need to shift back and forth until we can find like, all right, what does equality actually mean? Equality for who, for why, you know? So I think it's going to take a while, but we've got to, we've got to figure out what the problem is first. That's the first time my daughter has ever disagreed with me ever. First time in my life. Feels good. Like it is not (laughs) free to take a stand. I'm very impressed by your white masculinity. Yeah, right. (laughs) My, my husband, my best friend, father of my own child. white male and my son is a white male so and I'm not a white male basher I don't think that's what it's about I just but anyway thank you both Aaron Huey Maya Rain of beyondriskandback.com podcast listeners please tune into it it's on our network it's such a good show thank you both for coming on my show today thanks thank you so much And thank you listeners for always tuning in to another episode of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. 
Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all, we promised we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.